Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. to that camera oh. oh god that's falling over now there you go there you go how's that how's that there you go all right hi susie corin's here nice to see you all um oh now covered anyway didn't matter um evening all we've got the um questions to be answered there's some there's questions they need answering quite frankly and uh, i'm a little bit worried because the first one is a photo and it is a dubious photo. So I'm gonna tell you now, um, there is a dubious photo coming up. So if there's any children in the house, um, I suggest they leave the room now. Um, have you fixed a tripod, Corrie? No, I haven't fixed the tripod. Uh, I am still balancing it precariously on the screen. Um, I'm very well, Susie, how are you? So, um, so if there's any underage children on the on the show, um, could they please leave the room now? There's a dubious photo. The nipple has been covered. It's been given by one of the viewers. And in my experience, I have previously been banned instantly with this sort of thing. But I think if you cover up the um, central part of the breast, shall we say, don't even want to say the word in case I get banned. I don't know how it works. I mean, anyway, let's give it a go. Let's. Here goes. Are you ready? Evening, Sophie. Evening, Fairy Dust. Right, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to show in stream. Oh, God. Oh, can I make it smaller? Can I make it smaller? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to show it on Instagram. Oh, my God. It's massive on Instagram. <laughs> God, it's massive. Oh, God. How can I change? Oh, blimey. Anyway. Let's see how it goes. Right, let's get this done. Right, I had my breast implants. This is the question, by the way. I had my breast implants replaced. Should I take it off while I do the question? Because that is massive. Stop sharing. I'm going to put it on when I've done the question. I'm going to take it off here just in case. I... Right, question. I had my breast implants replaced earlier this year in Turkey. Under the breast, there seemed to be what the surgeon said was swelling. What the surgeon suggested was swelling. Um, unfortunately this hasn't gone away and is looking worse the right hand breast also continuously aches and the implant feels strange you can feel the edge i've been in touch with the clinic who said it has done it from lack of support they can fix it for a price basically i'm after a second opinion as to what's happened and what needs to be done can you help at all so First of all, thank you very much for uh, allowing me to show your photo, um, Exhibit A. Second of all, I would like to say, uh, oh God, what have I done? Press the wrong button. Um, I would like to say um, that it's always a little bit difficult, second opinion type stuff. And this I will give an opinion. No question, I'm going to give an opinion. So don't worry about that. But I, um, if you want to like a proper second opinion, that really needs to be in person, clinic, consultation, examine, you know, 
ideally bit of information about what, what's been done and previous ops, etc. So this is going to be a little bit of a um, uh, sort of just like a view on stuff of, of, of this. This is the only photo I've got. It's the only view I've got. Um, and so just with just with that in mind, that's uh, that's the um, what's the word disclaimer. So uh, here goes. We're going to show it again and try and make it as small as possible so Facebook doesn't tell me off. Uh, Instagram. I'm going to show it again. Oh, okay. So it's a slight strange angle, and there's a, there's a there is indeed a bulge at the lower pole. Now, when was this done? Earlier this year in Turkey. So in terms of revisions, the first thing is a year is sort of normal for a for a, for thinking about revision, especially for stuff like this, which isn't sort of gross i wouldn't say i think the breast looks like it's got a nice shape obviously you can't see the other breast but you know there's there's good things about what's, what's gone on here um the scarring from a lift there whether that was this time or previously because the patient said they've had their implants replaced um but there is a little bit of fullness in the lower pole there a little bit of a bulge around the inframammary fold and um you know i, I don't know I, i'll answer now i don't know what it is and i don't know what's going on but i'll give an opinion on what it could be um based on what i've heard and what the photo shows so it, it looks like there's a little bit of a ghost of the old can i show i'm pretty confident of the inframary fold there might be a little ghost of the old inframary fold there just above where the bulges and this bulge might be a lowering of the inframary fold a little bit below that uh and a little bit of What's the word? Um, kind of not a very precise definition of inframammary fold. The inframammary folds lifted a bit, giving this um, giving this little bit of a this bulge and this lack of uh, lack of um, definition to the inframammary fold. Now this photo looks like it's been taken lying down. I might be wrong. I don't know, but I imagine that maybe sitting up it wouldn't look so bad. Sometimes you get the same problem here, here. Um, and if you get the same problem here with a lack of definition in the inframary mold, it's a bit more inframary fold. It's a bit more obvious. You can see from the suntan mark of this patient, this this bit of uh, breast doesn't often see the light of day, and so it's not quite as obvious as if it was in a higher place. Um, so you know, I don't I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, obviously this patient's gone to the extent of getting in touch with me. Um, could something be done? Yeah, I guess you could go back in and tuck that down and put some um, sort of long dissolving sutures in to try and make that inframary fold very crisp. It's quite hard to redefine the inframary fold. It's a difficult thing to do. It can often, those stitches can often pull away because you've got the weight of the implant on it. Um, and so it would have to be a, a sort of significant problem in order to, to do that or to go into that because you're going into the implant cavity, you're running the risk of um, damaging the implant i'm gonna sorry I'm, I'm gonna i feel nervous showing these photos um so you run the risk of damaging uh, implant you run the risk of introducing infection so it would be an, an operation that could be done i guess technically not that difficult to try and redefine that fold there where it's just come away a bit uh but the main thing i would be saying is what does it look like you know when you're upright clearly it would look fine in clothes it would only be out of clothes that it would be an issue uh, it has been less than a year, so I would say that uh, maybe wait to see what happens because there might be swelling there, I don't know. Um, but it looks to me like the inframary fold has come away a bit for whatever reason. Um, it will be interesting to look at pre and post photos to see whether they had to do things with the pockets when they changed the implants. Perhaps if they put a bigger implant in, they might have had to lower that inframary fold a little bit more, um, which would have, uh, you know, which runs the risk of this sort of problem. Um, but uh yeah so i think that's what it is i think it would be relatively easy to correct it uh technically 
but there's a risk that those implant uh, those sutures pull away as i say so whilst technically i guess it's relatively easy it's hard to get a sustained long-term result because there's a risk that it might uh, come back again um hold on a minute we've got some comments right comments bex hello jb i'm back from istanbul jolly good jolly good welcome back from istanbul hope you had a nice journey monica how are you doing doctor you're the best breast surgeon in the uk not a question that's a fact from monica thank you monica thanks for the vote of support very grateful to you i think it's where they stitched it they go bex this is what we need we need a bit of a, other people to give an opinion what they think was gone wrong do you think it could be scar tissue my drop was 43 centimeters jb my nipples were saved and very sensitive um do you think it could be scar i don't think I, I don't think it's scar tissue i think it's the i think it that that little sort of that little dent above the the inflammatory fold might be the previous inflammatory fold where they've lowered it you sometimes get that you have to lower the inflammatory fold um and it can be a difficult problem to correct but it doesn't look like it, they've lowered it significantly and they could easily just recreate the original inflammatory fold without too much of a problem might push the implant up a bit i guess so again you'd have to look at the person in real life and see how the implants are sitting um currently so it is a bit difficult to be honest with you giving second opinions like this because now i'm talking about it i'm thinking of all uh, lots of other things you know whenever you do a revision you always worry about creating a different problem you say oh make that crisp again and you make it crisp again and you push the implant up a bit and the implant's sitting high especially if the implant's sitting higher on that side already um my drop was 43 centimeters that's a big drop bex that is a big drop nipples were saved and very sensitive hoo ya well done three cheers for bex nipples they're saved yes well done bex well done that's a big 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 deal that so um well done um next question please okay can i have breast augmentation if i have sickle cell tray so um do you know what i have noticed things getting more difficult in terms of these sorts of medical problems i have noticed the hospitals being a little bit more um cautious about dealing well one of the problems i guess is that we've moved to asset hospital in liverpool where we're doing most slash all of the uh operations and they seem to be a little cautious. I think they're all worried that they're going to be putting stress on the NHS. So they're, they're quite cautious about what sort of ops they'll do. Um, and so the bottom line is it would be up to the hospital and the anaesthetist as whether we operated on someone with sickle cell tray. Now, sickle cell tray, there's two, there's sickle cell tray and sickle cell disease. So sickle cell disease is the full-blown dominant um, uh, disease, whereas tray just means you're a carrier of the sickle cell gene, but you, you haven't got it at the full-blown dominance um, and doesn't affect people quite so much. So sickle cell disease, um, in my experience, has been a no. We wouldn't do a breast augmentation on someone with sickle cell disease. We would talk to the again if we had that patient come, come and, and ask. Sickle cell tray is less of a problem. And we'd be asking questions like, do you have sickle cell crises, which is where the, the blood cells sickle inside the body and cause bone pains and, and can cause issues and um usually brought on by stress and obviously having surgery is a stressful event so that is the reason why we would be worried about doing a sur any surgery really on someone with sickle cell because you don't want to uh, cause a sickle cell crisis um so this is so we'd have to take a history from you and see how bad your sickle cell is is if it's being looked after by a doctor we'd talk to that doctor and we would talk to the hospital and the anesthetist 
in my experience, we have done surgery on people with sickle cell tray before, um, but not recently, as in not sort of post the COVID time, because as I say, people, uh, or at least the hostels, seem to be a little bit more cautious since COVID. Um, they're aware that the NHS is is uh, under a lot of pressure, and we don't want to have a problem in the private hospital that we then have to um, use the NHS because you know we would all feel bad about that. So I think the anaesthetists are all very keen to it, to do everything they can to minimise the risk of any problem um, requiring NHS treatment. Um, we, I've never really had a problem that's you know meant that we've had to go to the NHS, but I guess there's always that thing in the back of your mind, what if someone needs an intensive care or something like that? So I think in general terms, they are a bit more cautious than they used to be. Um, so in, in in principle, the answer is it would um, it, it would be possible to have a, a breast augmentation, but in uh, practice, we'd have to check with the anaesthetist and the hospital to check they were comfortable um, with that. And and the problem is at the moment, I'm limited as to what hospitals I can work at um, because of all the issues. Bex is kicking off on the chat, which is great because this is great for the um, for the algorithm you know i think this is means that i think i think i'm right in saying more more comments are good for, for well they're good anyway for engagement i mean let's face it let's get down to the reality of it bex is engaged so what you got bex mind you're 44 not easy no bex not easy 43 centimeter drop i agree with that bit of a laughing emoji i'm three weeks oh my god two kilograms three weeks post off had two kilograms off i bet you feel like a new woman that's amazing i was naughty went shopping in istanbul with my drains two days later that's not good, Bex. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. No, it's not good. I'll keep that quiet if I was you. Too late. It's out there now. Uh, how long do ladies keep their tapes dressing on for? Smiley emojis, Bex. This stuff is very difficult. I find it very difficult commenting on immediate post-op things because we're a funny bunch, plastic surgeons. We've all got our own views and our own dressings. Even we've all got different dress. I think you'll have no consistency about what sort of dressings you have. Or sort of tapes and things like that in terms of uh, any surgery really but particularly things like a breast reduction so i can't really comment on your breast reduction by your surgeon and to be honest with you bex i wouldn't want your surgeon to comment on my breast reduction post-op regime you know i'm like if i do your breast reduction do you know ask me when to take the tapes off and we'll sort that out in fact you'll come to the clinic and we'll take the tapes off uh, for you but if someone else does a breast reduction it's, it's up to them um i'll tell you now i keep mine on for a week um or at least i keep mine on for my patients i keep on but i do a specific thing with micropore tape I, I i you know make a sort of bra with micropore tape and then we put people into a supportive bra but I, I wouldn't don't don't take that as anything to do with what you've had because they might might say oh it's got to be whatever but they should have. I would have thought they'd give you a sheet or talk to you about that, would they? Maybe let you know when, when they're supposed to be taken off. Don't be sorry, Bex. Don't be sorry. It's okay. You want to know? It's all right. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. But talk to the talk to the Istanbulians about when that should be. But uh, yeah, glad it all went well. Um, did we have a thing? I feel like we have a. I don't know if uh, if uh, recurring viewers will uh, back me up on this, but I feel like I've had a thing where I've been going on about how we remove cysts, or was it lipomas? Maybe it was cysts from all parts of the body. Have I said that before? Um, anyway, someone sent in a thing about a cyst on the eyelid, and I said to uh, Amy, "Look, we need a photo of that because there are certain cysts on the eyelids that we don't remove. There are things called mibobian cysts." 
easy for me to say, meboviensis. Um, and they're on the little ducts which are on the on the rim of the eye that get blocked. And uh, that would tend to be treated by an ophthalmic surgeon. So if I was Billy Big Time uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that we remove cysts from all over the place, I stand corrected because, thank you, Corinne remembers that one, I stand corrected and uh, been taken down a peg or two because uh, eyelid cysts we might not do. So there's probably loads of other areas that people are going to now write in. Viewers will probably be writing in their droves about all the areas of cysts we don't do. Pilot idle, pilot idle cysts and sinuses we don't do. Um, which is sort of in the natal cleft of the buttock. But anyway, on the eyelid, so that would be one. In fact, in general terms, it's good, good to send in photos. I think it's good for you because you can get an idea before you come to clinic of what we can do. And it's good for us because we don't want to sort of someone to certainly to travel a long way and then say we can't help you or it's going to be a lot more expensive than you thought and things like that. So I think it is good. I, I, I believe that that is a good service uh, that we give to people i don't think everyone does that we say look send in a photo of your cyst of your mold of your tattoo or whatever we'll have a look at it we'll let we'll give you a, an idea of what whether something can be done and what that might involve uh we'll give you an idea of the price and what have you so that then if you come because we do a see and treat thing where you come and have it done on the same day so you, you know you, you you're a bit more prepared then so always good to send in a photo but uh cysts on the eyelid uh would be something we'd probably you know we would want to have a look at because we want you to travel all the way and then we say oh no you need to see an ophthalmologist um for that um so yeah Bex, what you got? Yes, I do talk to the surgeon. Just intro. So, what did the surgeon say? What did the surgeon say? Did they say we? My daughter had a ganglion she had drained, but it's black. Back. Oh, it's back. Back, back again. She. She. Twenty-four, and the scan says she has arthritis. Right, Bex. Very well done. Very well done. You have pointed out another cyst we don't really do. Well, we kind of do. Do we do do? So basically, a, a, a ganglion is a kind of a cyst. So a ganglion, yeah. So it's, a ganglion is a is a cystic outpouching from a joint. So you often get it around the wrist. You can get them on the fingers, uh, and it's a and it's a, a, a cystic swelling, no doubt about it. It looks like a cyst, but it's from the joint. So yet again, Bex, that's another cyst we don't do. So yeah, pilonidal cysts, um, eyelid, some eyelid cysts, and ganglions we wouldn't tend to do. Um, the, so we tend to do skin cysts that are in the, coming from the skin, so from the skin, underneath the skin. The ganglion is coming from the joint, and it's a sort of pulsion diverticulum, so it's a push pushing out from the joint. Um, uh, and, you know, the classical, they're classically on the wrist, I don't know. Uh, and, yeah, often from arthritis, she's 24, yeah, they're often from the fingers, I don't know if something she does, or the, the, the end joints you can get them, mucus cysts they're called. Um and uh classic do you hit it with a bible or a bit big book or they often get hit them and they go away but uh, they can come back again and the problem with ganglions or ganglia probably would be the right name is that they can uh come back again that's the problem so if you hit them with a bible they can come back again if you have it drained it can come back in so hopefully bex the person who drained it might have warned you that there's a very high risk of it coming back again with draining it. Uh, and I'm sorry to say, Bex, that there's actually a risk of it coming back again, even with surgery. And obviously with surgery, you'd have a scar from wherever that ganglion is. 
Uh, and that would tend to be a hand surgeon. And hand surgeons are often plastic surgeons, but they're also orthopedic surgeons. A lot of plastic surgery has crossover with specialties, and hand surgery is one of those ones where both plastics and orthopedics will do it. So um, as plastic surgeon, I, I, I wouldn't do a ganglion. I haven't done hand surgery in many years, but um, the you know a hand plastic surgeon would do a ganglion and other slightly more general plastic surgeons than me would probably do a, do a ganglion. But uh, they would warn you, or I would hope that they would warn you that there is a high risk uh, of recurrence, even with surgery. There's less of a risk of recurrence with surgery than there would be with um, um, draining it or, or hitting it with a Bible. Uh, so it is, you know, it's less likely to come back, but it's like it is more, it is, it has got a higher risk of, of occurrence, which can be a problem. <clears throat> it wasn't in Turkey, lolol, was local hospital. Yeah, so good. Um, good, you're getting your comments in, Pex. Love, loving it, loving the comments. Well done, well done, you. Pex is certainly the top commenter on Facebook tonight. So Bex has got. I mean, Monica got a word in Edgeways earlier. If you don't remember what Monica's comment was, I'll just put it up again. Dr. Stanio, spelt wrong, don't care. You are the best breast surgeon in the UK. I'm pretty sure she's talking about me. Pretty sure, unless there's a, a Dr. Stanio out there and they got Monica to post, which would be a bit mean, wouldn't it? I'm, no, I'm almost certain she's talking about me. Um, of course she's talking about me. Come on. Come on. Um, what have we got? Would I be suitable for a breast lift? Oh God, sorry, I was about to, I was about to block you, Carla. Sorry. Um, would I be suitable for a breast lift with implants if I have PCSO and overactive adrenal glands? PCSO, PC. So I'm thinking PCSO is something like polycystic ovaries. Shouldn't it be PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, or polycystic? ovarian disease i'm pretty sure it's polycystic ovaries you shouldn't really use abbreviations you should sort of put the put it in proper and then and then put it in brackets but anyway i'm thinking i'm going to go with polycystic ovaries i'm going to go with that pcso isn't that like some kind of policeman that's not what a community protection officer what are they called those policemen that aren't anyway let's go with polycystic ovaries. i don't think it's a policeman with who's not qualified yet um and overactive adrenal glands crikey well um yeah yeah i mean the only the thing about uh, polycystic polycystic ovary not uncommon um i'll be thinking a little bit about your weight sometimes people can struggle a little bit with their weight with polycystic ovary um disease or syndrome and so i'd be thinking a little bit about your weight uh, but in itself polycystic ovaries is not a problem overactive adrenal glands right um hyper adrenal glands you've got a lot of adrenaline does it i mean again a bit like the thing earlier i can't remember what it was now but there was something earlier i was saying oh yeah was it sickle cell um we talked to the hospital i mean that might be more of a problem i would have thought the overactive adrenal glands because that might again i'm you know in medicine we all have our specialties and my specialty is kind of along the surgery line of things so this is a bit more like medical stuff so i'm thinking overactive adrenal glands is that going to have a problem with your blood pressure i'm guessing you know adrenal glands produce adrenaline and stuff adrenaline has an effect with your cardiovascular system so you know possibly if it if you have got problems with your blood pressure it's not well controlled if 
I don't know. I'm a bit armchair here. I would really, it's a bit like Henry Ford. He, you know, he was criticized apparently for not knowing much stuff, but he always said, I'm not saying I don't know much stuff. Clearly I do, but he always said, um, I might not know stuff, but I know someone who knows stuff. and I've got very good people. So it's similar sort of thing to that. I would talk to someone who knows it. So I would talk to the anesthetist, uh, basically. So um, as a general guide, if you've got a medical problem and you're worried about having an elective cosmetic procedure, what I would say to you is how does it affect you in your daily life? If you are going about a daily life uh, with a good exercise tolerance, you're going to the shops, you're traveling around, you're driving a car, you're going upstairs, you're getting into the bath, you're, you know, you're getting up in the morning and going to work. That is actually a good sign. If you are struggling when you go upstairs, if you're a bit breathless when you go upstairs, if you're having difficulty with your mobility, if you're having a lot of medication, your medication's changing, you know, and your, your condition's getting better and worse and what have you, then we'd be thinking, well, now might not be the time for elective cosmetic surgery. But as a general rule, if you are stable, I would be saying that's a good sign. That's a good sign. And hopefully things will be okay. It's not definite, but it's a good sign. Whereas if you're obviously ill, you know, if you come into clinic with a drip stand, hunched over, coughing, we'd be thinking maybe this person, doesn't matter what, you know, before you even opened your mouth, I'm thinking maybe they're not good to have the breast implants now. Maybe they need to get over whatever it is the problem is. Whereas if you walk in saying, hi, how are you doing, Dr. Stanio? You know, nice to see you. Isn't it a nice day today? Oh, temperature's dropped a bit, you know, whatever. Then I'd be thinking, okay, they've got a bit of medical problems, but they look well. So that's kind of like a um, an armchair guide. So um, again, with your overactive adrenals, if you're managing to sort of live a normal life, I would be um, more happy about it. But nevertheless, with any medical problem, we would run it by the anaesthetist uh, preoperatively to make sure they're comfortable with everything. And they would obviously see you prior to the surgery to make sure that they're comfortable with everything before undergoing surgery. Um, so polycystic ovaries, can't see that being a, a problem really. Um, overactive renal glands, not a common thing. I have to, have to seek help with that. Um, so I'd have to, have, to, have to take advice on that one. Um, what have we got? Bex, what's got Bex? I would have preferred to have my breast surgery here in UK, but I just couldn't get the money together. So I did a lot of research on my surgeon. She is an amazing young lady. I was coming to your clinic, but my finance was turned down. Oh, Bex. Sorry to hear that, but Bex, you're out the other side and you have it done. And I completely understand a lot of people, there is quite a significant um, difference in price. And I and I know that we're not, um, we're not uh, uh, unaware of that. Not, so yeah, and I'm sorry your finance was turned down and nothing to do with me, Bex. I, I don't get involved with the finance, but I'm glad you got it done now and you are on the mend. So that is amazing. And you found an amazing lady in Turkey, which is well done you. Fantastic. Sophie, what have you got? Speak to Omi earlier today and sent you an email of concerns I've been having. Okay, Sophie. Okay. Oh, here we go. Do I say on here so you can give me some advice, please? Yeah, you left me hanging, Sophie. I don't know. I mean, this is a public forum, Sophie, I would say. So if you are comfortable saying on here, um, then you are welcome to say on here. I must say I haven't seen your email. Um, I don't. Do I? I don't recognise your name. Are you? 
Um, do I? Here we go. Oh, here we go. I got it. I got your email, Sophie. I mean, do you want me to say? Anyway, you think about if you want me to say, Sophie, I can certainly talk about what you've written in your email, but I will be talking. You know, we normally say to people, do you mind me talking about it on the Facebook Live? And then Amy puts it on the little spreadsheet. And then I talk about it because obviously I'm not going to talk about stuff because it's confidential and we have to have your consent to talk about your problem. So, oh, yes, please. Okay, I shall. But what's Beck? Bex has come in. After my gastric sleeve, I was free of blood pressure and diabetes. Best thing ever. There you go. Well, there you go. So, um, well done you. That's, you know, amazing. I mean, I think weight, weight just shows you putting on weight can cause a lot of problems and losing weight can actually cure a lot of problems. And I think certainly from the NHS, they found that things like gastric sleeves and um, bariatric surgery is actually cost effective because people are not on medication anymore um, and it takes a lot of the burden off the NHS so it's actually cost effective to do uh, gastric uh, or, or bariatric surgery um, because it does increase improve your uh, general health so that's that's good to hear yes please I hope I've explained myself okay so I'll read out your email is that okay Bex 8k to 2k wow had all tests and mammogram, ECG, X-ray, scan, surgery, following day. Bex, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know how they do it for 2K. We have insurance. We have, you know, just to run the clinic, we just couldn't do it uh, at that level. Uh, anesthetist, the hospital, um, and I completely understand. And do you know what, Bex? I've always said we can't compete on price. I know we can't compete on price. With that sort of thing, we cannot compete on price. What? I always make a focus on, and I don't know what they're like in other places like, you know, Turkey and what have you, but what I always focus on is the service and the aftercare, the pre and the post-op and the aftercare service. And you might be having a fantastic service, which is great, and um, but, but that's what I try and focus on in my clinic. And I can tell you now, um, there's no one, well, I don't think anyone in the UK who is a qualified plastic surgeon who is you know we all have to be insured we have a um, a lot of insurance a lot of indemnity if there's any ever any issues this is big operations there can be issues there can be problems uh, and you know we have we are not allowed to operate without a certain level of insurance um, so we you know we're covered like five to ten million pound in insurance we're insured for that much um uh, perhaps i shouldn't tell you that but um you go soon for five million pounds he's insured be all right <laughs> um but yeah we have to have that in place in order to operate in the hospitals they won't let you in the door of the hostel unless you're uh just you know the, the, the big private hostels unless you're um insured to that level and and that wouldn't that you know the insurance every year is an awful lot in fact every month is an awful lot so anyway uh it's crazy yeah it is crazy but anyway you've done well and hopefully you won't need i mean that's the that's the problem with the um cosmetic surgery well, not the problem i mean the fact is a lot of it is it goes fine goes well i think that's why these places perhaps i don't know can operate because it often goes fine and there's no problems and people say that's fantastic i say those tomorrow it's gone fine happy days great fantastic because it often does go fine you know and it often is there's you know rarely problems the problem comes in those cases where there is problems then people sometimes start to realize why places are maybe doing it for this cost because maybe they 
doing a lot more cases because you in order to earn the same amount of money maybe they're doing a lot more cases you know personally i don't do many cases i don't do that i don't operate that much a lot of my week you know you've got to decide what you're going to do with your week is seeing patients talking to patients pre post-op corin on the instagram straight in there outstanding pre pre and post-op care second to none thank you corin you know that's a lot of my week i'm not operating all day every day you know if i was operating all day every day i guess i could charge less because i'd be doing a lot more operations but i'm, I'm that's not how i built the clinic i built it to do fewer cases but those cases that, that uh, i do do we try and make sure that we do everything we possibly can to make sure that they're you know you're happy and it's all all good so um try and avoid these issues you sometimes hear about um so what we got so sophia sorry uh FDL in 2019, after a nine-stone weight loss, congrats. Uh, last year, the breast lift, which I was very happy with. Fantastic. So far, so good. Sophia, what's the problem? Well, let's keep going. This year, I'm August. I returned to my same surgeon for a slight improvement to my FDL and to have a Mons lift. I have had some serious complications since this and had four surgeries since August. August this year. Wow. The last one being October, I was left with a cavity in my chest due to complications after the initial surgery, then surgical materials removed in October. My issue is I heal to a certain point and then the hole opens again. My surgeon has said this could go for a lengthy time and have no clarity, so I want to have a second opinion. I hope how I explain this makes sense. Thank you for trying. really appreciate this. There's a photo here of a hole. So this is the FDL, I'm thinking, Um rather than the breast lift. It seems to be a T-junction. There's often problems with T-junctions, and it's one of the issues with a fleur-de-lis, that you do have a T-junction, and also with the breast lift, you have a T-junction, and there's often problems at that T-junction. Um, I'd be interested, uh, Sophia, what, what you've had four surgeries since August. What sort of surgeries are you having? Um, I mean, the problem comes with the T-junction is that that's the confluence of the scars and that's the tightest point i don't know if you've got an idea how they do a fleur de lis it's like a, a it's like a fleur de lis shape so uh let's get a bit of uh let's get a bit of interaction in here shall we so like that then like that then like that and that oh, i should have needed another color shouldn't i belly buttons here so um belly buttons there tummy yeah head legs yeah are we getting that legs down here so fleur de lis is that sort of so that point and that point go to a point here to form that t-junction yeah so that goes to that goes to a scar like that so that point and that point meets that point you see that so that's the t-junction so i think that's where your healing problem is there are we is that so when 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 that point God, this is hard that point and that point go to that point or there <laughs> anyway do you get it so that's 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 the that's the tightest point basically so at t junctions whether it be a breast lift or a fleur de lis you often get so we put a lot of stitches in there so when i do a breast lift breast reduction i always leave this last stitch i do at the t junction outside and people often say why have you left this stitch here i'm like i haven't left it there i've deliberately left it on the outside you know they, you left the stitch there because there's so many knots at that t junction and knots suture material are foreign bodies 
and that can the body doesn't like having a foreign body it doesn't heal probably when there's a foreign body there but you need the suture material because you need it to heal together so this can be a nightmare when they close it together because um you know they're obviously closing it tight because that's why you're having the surgery you want it to be closed tight um some surgical materials were removed in october so it sounds a bit dodgy that surgical materials sophia you, do you mean suture material because you know it might be uh, and the deeper we go when we do tummy tucks, we put different layers of sutures. So we're very deep. We put a long lasting suture very deep, but that hole might be very deep, might be going all the way down to that long lasting suture. And if that long lasting suture gets infected um, and gets exposed, then that can be a problem. Then we're an issue. What do we do? Do we take the stitch out? But then we worry about the wound, you know, integrity of the wound and not holding together properly. What do we do the suture in? But then it drain, as your surgeon has said, it can drag on for, to be frank with you it can drag on for months and you know a year i've seen it drag on for it these things can drag on terribly um these wound healing problems so it, it can be and, and you say you've got no clarity it can be hard to give you clarity because you know wound healing problems is really hard to know how they're going to go um my advice and again but like i said i don't know if you're here earlier for um the first one sophia about second opinions not very good with um it's kind of it's not really a proper second opinion this like it's just well it is a second opinion but it's better to, if you want a, like a proper opinion you go and see someone in the clinic and they examine you get your history etc cetera, etc cetera. but nevertheless i'm very happy to give you my view on on what's going on um so you know my view is that uh they they're I would imagine they're trying to help you. I imagine they're trying to do the right thing. They've obviously closed it tight because they want to give you a good result, but that tightness has involved it opening up a bit. Um, it's not uncommon with a fleur de lis to get problems at the T-junction like this. Um, and it is difficult to know what to do with that suture material because when the suture material gets exposed, on paper, you should remove it. If a foreign body uh, is exposed, then you should really remove it. But you're in a difficult situation with with uh, the flirtily tummy tuck because you know that's under a lot of tension and you will worry about removing that um, uh, suture material. So all I'm saying is that it's a difficult problem, uh, Sophia, and I can sympathise with your surgeon that it is a, a difficult problem. Um, and you know, just work with your surgeon. You know, and I don't think they're trying to give you a lack of clarity. They don't know how long it's going to heal. They're going to see you every whatever you know few days or week or whatever depending on how good or bad it is and they'll hopefully they'll work with you and say oh it's going well hopefully it'll be you know but i don't think anyone's going to say oh on the 5th of january you're going to be healed or on the 3rd of march it's all going to be over you just we don't know as, as surgeons um oh hold on a minute i've gone off on one i've gone off on one and i've missed um what we got here yes and i see you got a question there uh, bex i do video call with my surgeon since been home i didn't go with the company i went direct find how and her myself all done yes august this year this is how it looks right now the original surgery then the second one was to drain a seroma okay then i developed another seroma and at that point the surgeon performed a third surgery to drain and make a cavity to heal from the base up which started to heal, then opened up again because surgical material was left inside. No surgical sponge. I also had a staph infection. Feel bad for you, Sophie. Bex, thank you. Sophie, do you dress it yourself? Um, yeah, so, wow. Okay. So, yeah, surgical sponge. What? That's, uh, that's pretty bad. Um, 
yeah seromas yeah so you had an infected seroma in there i mean the problem with cavities sophie is that um the cavity doesn't heal and it heals like you said earlier from the bottom up type thing and so you know that that's why you often need to pack them because the wound won't heal the wound doesn't look very big you've actually got not a not huge wounds so you've got a small wound but it's probably draining all the time and the wound doesn't heal until the stuff until the cavity is empty till the cavity is healed and then the, the skin wounds are lasting to heal so in a way we kind of don't want the skin wound to heal because you see the wound tiny little hole and you think why don't you just put a stitch in there and then job done and you're like well no the problem is not the wound the problem is the cavity behind the wound so you can't just stitch it up and then say that's great you know off you go you have to get that cavity to heal and the, this is the problem with tummy tucks there is a space there and that space can be a big space and that's when you get seromas and these issues they they're they're they're, they're difficult and um yeah they are difficult i don't know what else to say and uh you know you just have to just try and as surgeons we just have to try and keep you on side keep you positive keep you eating well eating healthily fresh fruit and veg good diet good protein try and keep you you know keep you on side because it can be a, a, a very distressing time for, for all concerned and i'm sure your surgeons distressed but um i'm dressing my, it myself they put in a packing the time of surgery to make it heal and think they overlooked it oh so i started to heal then opened up again oh sophia have you got a vacuum suction on it um so yeah well that's not going to help uh sophie if there's a from if they've left you know if there's something in there i mean that's the other thing for a wound that's completely not healing you've got to think is there something in there which they've obviously thought of and found this sponge in there which is that's never going to heal whether there's a whether there's a sponge or something like that that's a proper foreign body not like a, a stitch so um sophie you've been through the mill you you are, are going through the mill um so yeah Oh, here we go. Have you got a suction? There you go. They did give me a negative wound pressure dressing on for two weeks. Yeah, they're good. But I would. It depends on how much stuff is coming out, Sophie. If it's very exudative, I'm. I'm imagining it would fill up because I'm, is it one of those mini ones with the sort of plaster that sort of sucks? Um, that might fill up quite quickly. But they are great dressings. The negative pressure uh, vacuum dressings for, for for wounds like this. But uh, as I say, if it, if it's producing a lot of fluid, it might overwhelm it um yeah wow um what we, oh uh and what you got hi jonathan just been diagnosed with breast cancer again in my right breast i have to have a mastectomy and reconstruction i'm scared what would it look like it's at george Eliot. and don't be scared breast reconstruction is amazing absolutely amazing and the number one thing i would say to you is look Focus on the breast cancer, focus on the cancer excision uh, and getting, you know, getting that sorted first. Um, George Elliott, fantastic, you know, good surgeons, good doctors there. The how what it will look like, well, it depends on what sort of reconstruction you have. There's lots of different reconstructions you can have. You can have implant reconstruction, you can or a tissue reconstruction. Those are the two sort of broad categories. And in terms of tissue reconstruction, meaning your own body, 
broadly speaking, it's your back and your tummy, I guess, are the two common ones. There's, there's a few other ones which are a bit niche. Um, and sometimes, particularly with the back, take some tissue from the back, it's not, not big enough to reconstruct the breast. So we often use an implant and the back. Um, so, but these are things you'll talk to with your surgeon. So I'll tell you what it'll look like, uh, Angie. It probably won't look quite like a normal breast out of a bra, but they're very good in a bra. Uh, and in clothes and you know you probably hopefully you'll get sort of relatively good balance in in, uh, in clothes and um, I, I wouldn't focus too much on you know what it would look like and scared and stuff like that it's it's going to be fine and give it time and if it's not there's often things they can do to tweak it let's just say you know let's just focus on getting this um, getting the getting the breast cancer away uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about the cosmetics of it but simply because they're you know they, we are very good at, uh, at the cosmetics of breast reconstruction these days. So, you know, we can do a pretty good job these days of certain, certainly in clothes, out of clothes, you know, depending on the type of reconstruction you might have, oh, it's an implant, you might, so you, you, you're probably going to have some asymmetries out of clothes, uh, particularly if you're going to need rate, uh, radiotherapy and what have you. But uh, in clothes, you know, often, happy days you know you, you look looks looks fine i mean it won't feel like a normal breast um uh it'll and it'll be firmer and it'll it'll sit higher than your normal breast certainly when you take your bra off but uh but as i say in a bra in clothes um they they they're pretty pretty good and and i hope and i hope you'll be in, in, impressed um but good luck with that and uh, do let me know if you want anything from me if you want to set up a call or anything like that to talk about this specifically, just just you and me, I'm happy to do that. Um, but uh, good luck, and um, you know, as I say, they're pretty they're pretty good these doctors these these days, you know. Um, so good luck with that, Ange, and I'll, I'll be thinking of you. Um, what we got? Thanks. No, nice to hear from you, Ange. And let me know if you need anything from me. But uh, good luck. Um, Sophie, what have you got? Now there's nothing in there, the surgeon said, that this hole has opened now because it may be an internal stitch that has worked its way to the top. Okay. This week I saw the surgeon and he said he doesn't need to see me again because or in wound clinic to go back when I've healed and he will discuss revision once I've healed, but he said there's no advantage to seeing me. Okay. Um, Bex, thinking of that lady, Ange. Bex, Ange, Bex is thinking of you on Facebook. We're on dual, dual modalities. Um, Sophie, and this could just keep happening for a long time. Yeah, good luck with everything, Ange. Yeah, um, yeah, good luck, Ange. You're getting you're getting um, positivity from the Facebook uh, uh, massive. Um, Sophie, I agree with your surgeon. It could 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 drag on and and as i say there is a confluence of stitches at that t-junction so there will be stitches under there which which are foreign bodies not like a sponge which is you know literally a, a thing that was left in there but uh but stitches themselves are foreign bodies because they're they're not um they're not part of the body and so they don't have a blood supply so if you get infection around a stitch antibiotics don't 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 get rid of it because it's not got a blood supply so it just grumbles on and um it's horrible sophie and i've got to be honest with you sophie body contouring surgery is is it's a tough tough thing to choose to do because it, it uh, you do get problems or you can get problems like this which um you know which are which are tough to deal with 
and it sounds like your surgeon well your surgeon's kind of working with you they're not going to see you anymore but till it's healed but anyway hopefully they're there in the background you know sort of type thing there if you need them if it if it gets you know it kicks off but um yeah it it sounds like you've been through it sophie and you want to get this year over with dust it off package it off and then you know 2023 will be your year sophie you'll be healed and done hopefully done and dusted but uh yeah all i can say is i sympathize with your surgeon i'm sure they're working to make you right and it sounds like they're looking after you with you know if they're using negative pressure and look at you in the wound clinic <clears throat> which is probably what you need really the wound clinic and, and uh just make sure that you're you know it doesn't get infected doesn't get worse but it probably will quite be quite slow to to uh, heal is that helpful Sophie, I don't know if that's helpful.